This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim the Sunday Mass readings. I'm Dina Marie, and it's always great to have this opportunity to break open the Word of God. And I love to read scripture. I love to listen to scripture, and I'm always surprised. You know, we may hear a scripture over and over again, and then just there's there's something that's going on in our lives, a message that we need to hear from the Lord, and it's that moment that we hear the word of God. So I hope that you continue on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, for sure at Sunday mass to break open the word of God, to listen to the word of God. And we have so many things consuming our attention, so many things on apps, so many podcasts, so many other types of technology that want to distract us from the most important relationship and connection that we should have. And that is with God, our creator. And in these stories today that we hear, we're going to go to the Old Testament and hear just a little bit about King Solomon. And then we're going to continue here from Jesus some of the parables that he's been unpacking with the disciples, and he unpacks with us today. So let's listen to the word of God and listen and to discern what is the word of God saying to me right now in my life. We're into the 17th week in ordinary time, the 17th Sunday on this July 30th, year A, and like I mentioned, we're, we've been reading in the book of Matthew for our gospel readings, these parables over the last few weeks. And one of the themes that has come out for me in these readings this week is search and rescue. We're on a search and rescue mission. We're the searchers and God is our rescuer. And so let's hear more about it. I want to open with the collect for today, because as I was reading the collect a couple of times, I thought, oh, this is really reminding me about the life of of Solomon, as we'll hear in the book of Kings. But listen to this collect as it is prayed, as we open our holy, holy day today. O God, protector of those who hope in you, without whom nothing has firm foundation, nothing is holy, bestow in abundance your mercy upon us and grant that with you as our ruler and guide, we may use the good things that pass in such a way as to hold fast even now to those that ever endure. 
through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. So think about those words. Grant that with you as our ruler and guide. So this is supposing that we are going to accept God as our ruler and guide. And when we do that, when God is our ruler and guide, he will use the good things that pass. We'll hear about that in in the book of Romans in such a way as to hold fast even now to what? To those things that endure. Reminding us that our goal, the final destination is that final destination, the kingdom of God, which you're going to hear about in the book of Matthew today. Beautiful prayer that our church opens us with as we hear these readings for the 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The first reading is a reading from the first book of Kings. This is chapter three. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. God said, ask something of me and I will give it to you. Solomon answered, O Lord, my God, you have made me your servant, king, to succeed my father David. But I am a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act. I serve you in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a people so vast that it cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart to judge your people and to distinguish right from wrong. For who is able to govern this vast people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request. So God said to him, because you have asked for this, not for a long life for yourself, not for riches, not for the life of your enemies, but for understanding so that you may know what is right, I do as you request. I give you a heart so wise and understanding that there has never been anyone like you up to now, and after you, there will come no one equal to you. The Word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 119, Lord, I love your commands. I have said, O Lord, that my part is to keep your words. The law of your mouth is to me more precious than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Lord, I love your commands. Let your kindness comfort me according to your promise to your servants. Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Lord, I love your commands. For I love your commands more than gold however fine, for in all your precepts I go forward, every false way I hate. Lord, I love your commands. Wonderful are your decrees, therefore I observe them. The revelation of your words sheds light, giving understanding to the simple. Lord, I love your commands. Our second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8. Brothers and sisters, we know that all things work for good for those who love God, 
who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading for this 17th Sunday in Ordinary Time is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 13. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again, and out of joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea, which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus, it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot in these readings. And again, you know, you could continue to reflect, but I think what is the what are the readings saying to you today? And I'm using today the Magnificat for the month of July. And there's always a prayer for the morning and a prayer for the evening and sometimes a little reflection on whether it might be the saint of the day or something happening on this particular day in the church. And one of the one of the little scriptures that is here for this 17th Sunday in ordinary time just reminds me of you know, the value and the preciousness of the kingdom of God, as we hear about in Matthew and we hear about in all of these parables that Jesus has been saying. There's a simple quote from Proverbs 16, 16 that says, how much better to acquire wisdom than gold to understanding is more desirable than silver. And there's a scripture from Matthew 19, 21 that says, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And we hear in this story of Solomon and Solomon has his ups and his downs like all of us, right? We're all sinners. We all fall. But if we have a heart that is striving to conform like the heart of Christ, we get up and we move forward again to the light. And Solomon has this dream and he has this encounter with the Lord. And 
The interesting thing about this particular reading in the book of Kings is we see that Solomon recognizes his weakness. I am a mere youth. I don't have a lot of experience. I don't really understand all in which that I've been given to be in charge of. And, you know, as I think about my own self, am I willing to look at my defects? Am I willing to look at the the imperfections in my own life? the things that I'm not able to do, the the weaknesses that I have. Part of that is an examination of our conscience. You know, where have I fallen? Where do I have a weakness? Um, you know, the Lord is calling us to serve him, but where have I fallen? Or, or maybe where do I have some weaknesses? Where do I have distractions in my life? And at least what Solomon is doing as he's conversing with the Lord is he's recognizing he's not the creator. He's not the king. He doesn't know it all. He doesn't have the wisdom that comes from God. And so what does he ask for? And in the, uh, the little reflection here in Magnificat, it says, the desire of Solomon is what characterizes the heart of the man who sells all that he has to buy the treasured bearing field. Solomon is recognizing he needs to have a heart aimed toward the Lord. Now, Solomon does, like I said before, he goes down a path of still sacrificing to idols and he's still influenced by others in his reign, but he's striving, he's trying, and he's recognizing because he's asking, give me a heart. Give me a heart that can judge. Because what the Lord recognized in David, his father, was that heart of David. And when David was chosen amongst his brothers, that he was recognized for his heart. The Lord was pleased that Solomon made this request, not for his own wealth or the wealth of his family or even for the for his enemies to be destroyed for not anything temporal. Solomon was looking deeper and asking for something deeper. And the Lord responded kindly with that request. And so it is with us, you know, what is in our heart and what is at the heart of our prayers? You know, when we have a prayer to the Lord I think many times we're tempted to simply pray for what we need right now. You know, Lord, I need help in paying the bills. Lord, I need help in fixing this uh, tattered roof on my house. Lord, we need help with the, the crime and violence that's going on in our world. Lord, I need help with maybe just the, raising these kids and with my relationships. And yes, we do ask for all of these things to have help and guidance, and yet we know that they're temporal things. But what if we have a heart to better manage all of those things in how we approach the, the, the relationships, the vocation that we've been called to, and how we are to interact with our, our coworkers, our neighbors, uh, the community members? We're, we're in a uh, an election season right now where we've got a primary going on in our local area, a few different things we're voting on. So there's, so there's some, some tension in our own local little community where there's different offices that are being 
petitioned for and and they're vying for leadership positions and there's this camp against this camp and it can cause some difficulties in relationships but will we be willing to ask for a heart a heart of wisdom you know in this reading it really reminds us of wisdom and the psalm is beautiful today it really reflects i think this prayer of solomon this prayer that could come from our heart to pray for not the wealth and the riches of the day but for wisdom and the riches of god's heart you know the law of your mouth is to me more precious than thousands of gold and silver pieces you know, and how much is discussed in the news about gold and silver, you know, about the wealth of the world and these businesses and the even our governments that are vying for power and for control of, of what is fading. For I love your commands more than gold, however fine, however fine that gold is, it's not as fine as the kingdom of heaven for your law is my delight the law of the lord and the law of the lord comes from god's love there is no punishment there is no now that doesn't mean there's no judgment but the law doesn't come out of wanting to restrict us or confine us or to control us the law of the lord comes completely out of god's love and we have to realize that. And hopefully we can share that as we share our love of the Lord with others who do not follow God's law or his love and maybe see God as an angry God, as a controlling God, as a God who has led people astray or God who represents a church who has hurt my family in some way. You know, unfortunately, we have a church that has people within it who are sinners. This is who we are, unfortunately, but God has redeemed us. He has rescued us. And I'll get to a, a great uh, quote about that as we come to the close of the program. Uh, Wonderful are your decrees. Give understanding to the simple. The thing that comes to me is just, are we praying for that understanding? Are we praying for that wisdom? What consumes our mind? What consumes our heart? What leads our actions in our daily lives? What are we pursuing? Are we pursuing for ourselves and for our own victory? Or are we pursuing things and living things in order to praise and to love God? There's some really powerful reflections here in the In Conversation with God that I want to share. And this is particularly focusing on the net, which is one of the three, one of the three parables that Jesus continues to teach in these parables. And this is an interesting reflection. It says, no matter what sins they commit, sinners continue to belong to the church since spiritual goods still subsist in them. Goods such as the indelible character received in baptism and confirmation, the theological virtues of faith and hope, along with charity, that reaches them by reason of all the Christians struggling to be saints. The church is full of all of us. 
Just as a sick or paralyzed part of the body receives assistance from the rest of the body, so is it with the mystical body of Christ. We're all members of the body of Christ. This is what's encouraging. I love this quote. The church does not forget for one single day that she is a mother. See, the church is a mother cares for all people. She doesn't forget that. In fact, it, when we refer, when the Catholic church refers to the church, we refer to mother church in that characteristic of mothering, of caring for, of caring for the church. There's that beautiful quality of motherhood that is innate in the female. And the female is the one who bears life, right? And carries life forward and cares for the church. The church does not forget for one single day that she is a mother. She continually prays for her children who are ill. You know, we are ill. We are hurt. We are wounded. There's a great quote. I think Archbishop Alexander Sample was quoting other people who have said this, hurt people, hurt people. And we're living in a world of many hurt people. And when hurt people have been hurt, they hurt other people. And this is, this is something that needs to be healed. And who is the healer? The healer is Jesus Christ. And this quote here in the conversation to God says, we ought to bring to the Lord our prayers works, joys, and sufferings for the sake of those who belong to the church, but who do not participate fully in the life of grace. You know, part of what we can do in our daily prayers. And that really, that little mention is like the, the morning offering where we bring our prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day through the sacred heart of Jesus and in through the immaculate heart of Mary to the sacred heart of Jesus bring to mind those who have been baptized, those who have been confirmed, but they're not fully living out the life of grace. They need our prayers. They don't need our condemnations. They don't need our fingers pointed to them. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? They need our prayers and our uplifting, our encouragement. According to John Paul II, the church is a mother through whom we are born to a new life in God. A mother should be loved. We should love the church. She is holy with regard to her founder, her works, and her doctrine, but she is nevertheless composed of sinful men. The church is composed of sinful men and women, but the church herself is a mother and is loving. It is our duty to make a positive contribution to the life of the church, to help her progress along the way of faithful renewal. This is not accomplished by negative criticisms. That's Pope St. John Paul II. You know, sometimes we spend a lot of time negatively criticizing this person and that person, whether there's somebody we know personally or that we see in public office, in, in the public sphere, whether they're in business or in the government or in the church or in the media or in, or in entertainment, we do much better <laughs> to pray 
and to pray from the heart and to be more like what Solomon has asked for, to be asking for a heart of wisdom, to be able to discern what is good and what is bad. And so that's really the key is what is in our heart. Remember that in this last parable of Matthew, it reminds us about the kingdom of God being like a net thrown into the sea. See, the net carries everything and brings everything in, the good and the bad. But it's not the fisherman who discerns. It will ultimately be God. At that final moment, the Lord and our relationship with the Lord one-on-one, that will be the discerning point of who will be tossed into Gehenna. And it won't be the Lord tossing us away. It will be our unwillingness to be with God because we've turned away, we've turned away, we've turned away, we've denounced him. We are the ones who would put ourselves into that old storeroom, the fiery furnace. But if we desire the Lord, if we desire to have that purity of heart, we will come into that glorious kingdom of the Lord. So let's pray like Solomon prayed to have that heart filled with wisdom, filled with God's will so that we can better discern the will of God. I want to close by just these three prayer intentions that are found in the Magnificat. Let's pray for the gift of discernment that we may recognize what is truly of value. Let us pray for the gift of wisdom that we may make our decisions according to God's will. And let us pray for discernment and a spirit of detachment that we may be free to abandon what does not serve God's kingdom. In your time of prayer, ask for the gift to know what is of true value, to know how to make decisions according to God's will, and that we will abandon everything We'll abandon everything. We'll sell everything to have that treasure that we bury in order to have the kingdom of God. That means that we need to sacrifice. That means that we need to let go of the temporal to receive what is truly the gift of God, his love for us. May God be with you and have a blessed week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.